Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, proud to host Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and proud to have great guests, guests that are good enough that they can actually introduce themselves and set the table for today's show. This is Ralph Richards, ECNL Girls Commissioner. And this is Jason Cutney, ECNL Boys Commissioner. Ralph and I preview the February 7 and 8 ECNL Coaching Symposium in Las Vegas. Yes, we have great guests, great speakers, but more importantly, it's time for all of us to collaborate, unite, and work together for an even better future for the ECNL. And Jason, we all know we can't do these incredible events without great people like our ECNL events manager, Blaine Fink. And this is Blaine Fink. Can't wait to see all of you next week at the ECNL Coaching Symposium. Hope all of you enjoyed this week's edition of Breaking the Line. And Blaine, this week's edition of Breaking the Line starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to the ECNL podcast, where I just told you in the open that next week, February 7th and 8th in Las Vegas, it'll be the ECNL Coaching Symposium. The educational event will feature experts from around the world and from some of the game's biggest professional clubs, including Luke Hobbs, the Arsenal head of academy coaching, and Kerry Bowley, former Rangers FC first team coach and city football group head of coaching support. Presentations will cover technical and tactical principles, leadership and personal development, team and individual psychology, injury prevention, and periodization, and so much more. The event will also provide those in attendance a collaborative environment to share ideas, best practices, and tools to continue to innovate and push the game forward. And here to talk about next week's ECNL Coaching Symposium, we have the ECNL Girls Commissioner, Ralph Richards, and the ECNL Boys Commissioner, Jason Cutney. Hello, Ralph. Hey, Dean, how you doing? And thanks for having me on the show. Doing great. Love having you on the show. And hello, Jason. Dean, always a pleasure to be here with you, even if it has to be with Ralph. <laughs> well, you guys are doing a great job. I've been able to now go to some of your events and have loved every moment of it. Really excited to be out there in Las Vegas, where we're hoping to knock out double-digit podcasts as well. But big picture, Jason Cutney, what is it you like most about this event, the annual ECNL Coaching Symposium? You know, I've been coming to the symposium for years, previously as a club director before joining the ECNL. And I think the best part of it is just, it's a time to sit back and learn, you know, and, and you don't oftentimes as a coach or as a director have that break, if you will, in the schedule to do that. And, and really you go out here, you're around your peers, you're around people that you can learn from and network with, but you just sit back and learn. And the, the presentations that we've had over the years 
have been phenomenal. And it, it's really what I've seen. The group has always brought in some people that make your brain twist in a different way. To me, that's been the most impactful is just learning from people like Doug Lemov a few years ago, which was a high impact for me to just learn in a new way of how to teach. But I think everyone has, because of the, the breadth of presentations that we have, the different topics covered, everyone has an ability to learn something different and something unique and bring that back to their clubs. Ralph, you may have known, because I don't know the timeline, that you were eventually going to be the ECNL Girls Commissioner when the coaching symposium was held the last time, but now you're going officially as the ECNL Girls Commissioner. I'm going to assume, as one of the top coaches at St. Louis Scott Gallagher, that you've been to the coaches symposium for ECNL as a coach. Now you're going as the Girls Commissioner. How does that change for you? How does that add to the excitement level, sir? I think it's just as exciting, Dean. I mean... As a coach and as a director, I echo everything that Jason says. When we've got professionals talking of, on topics of health, wellness, leadership, technical, tactical development, I mean, it's it's going to be unbelievable for the coaches to, to be in that room and, and listen and learn and at the same time share ideas. This time, going as the ECNL Girls Commissioner, it brings just the same excitement. I'm probably going to be sitting in the same room, listening and learning and continuing my own personal development but at the same time, sharing conversations with coaches and directors from across the country, both club level, regionally level, boys and girls, and just hearing kind of their stories and, and how we can help and how we can best serve them. So I'm excited. Jason's probably going to tell me, no, I'm not going to be that excited at the end of it. But uh, mm -hmm. right now, I am excited. It's great that Ralph has the, uh, he's entering into it in the way he should, with the mindset that he should. He will learn very quickly that his time will be pulled in many different directions at the uh, at the event, but in a good way. It's always in a good way. I feel yeah. like my hair in two years' time on the same podcast is going to be a lot grayer. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, Ralph. You're getting, you're like Benjamin Button. You're getting younger oh. every day for sure. And, you know, I do think about it. We're going to talk about the speakers, but one of my takeaways from being there last year was, you know, and I've been involved in different things here and there, and, you know, we bring people together, and then they say, hey, we're going to pull off into a group, and then you kind of just – normally you would see, like, sunken faces and rolling eyes – I honestly didn't see that. Like when they said, hey, you're going to do some breakout sessions, you're going to get together. I actually saw unbridled enthusiasm, which I think told me a lot about what the ECNL is all about. Can you talk about that, Jason? Well, it's interesting because years ago when I started on the board for ECNL Boys, I didn't know what to expect when it came to those things either, right? You just, you generally have an expectation in your head, but you go into it in some ways blind because you don't know how everyone's going to react to that moment of time where they can all kind of separate and, and discuss. But I think what works well at the symposium is that each one of these presenters has been very engaging over the years and they're engaging with the crowd in the sense that they're helping that crowd do that preemptively before we get to our AGM and start meeting on topics that are important to the league. So everyone is kind of fueled and ready to go when it comes time for our AGM based on the presentations that are there before them. So, you know, I saw some really engaging opportunities a few years ago when Todd Bean was presenting where the crowd really kind of worked together and formed different groups and silos were being broken down. By the time we then got to the AGM and it came to the, the more club-centric discussions, everyone was already in there, right? Everyone was into the mode of how do we bring more to this league? How do we help shape this league even further beyond where it's at right now? And what we've seen with the ECNL over the years is the league makes a lot of sense for everyone that's in it. 
because everyone wants to make the league make sense, right? And youth soccer has a way of sometimes in this country of not making sense, but we've seen that these directors want to pull in the same direction and that's the great opportunity to do so. But I, I have to tip the hat to the presenters because I, I really give them credit for bringing that energy. I think when we as club directors or we sit in that room, we go there for the very first session, we want to be enlightened. And I feel like as the presenters kind of go through their presentations and their topics, the crowd gets enlightened. They really do. And there's many times that we're constantly in our own bubbles, in our own communities, in our own networks, be it in our conferences or in our cities. And I think when you start to sit in that room or when you sit in that room and you start to hear some of the information and some of the thoughts and the ideas shared from the other side of the country, it kind of makes you think and take that back to your own club and go, I never thought of it like that. That's kind of nice to hear. And so to Jason's point, it really does bring a collaborative effect inside the group or a collective effect as well, that people are all in it for the same reason. And that reason is want to be a part of the ECNL, want to make the league better. How can we do so? I like these ideas. I'm going to try it back at home. I'm a big believer in short summaries. So before we go to break and come back and talk about some of the speakers, we'll start with you, Jason Cutney. If you only had two sentences, just two sentences to describe what the coaches will take away from the ECNL Coaching Symposium next week, how would you do that? And then I'll have Ralph follow it up. First and foremost, it's a time to reflect on what you are doing within your own coaching life and what your club is doing and seeing if that meshes with what others are doing at a very high level. And the second part I would say is you have to have the open-mindedness to sit back and learn. And if you have that, then you will take away a lot of things that you otherwise never thought you would take away. That's going to be hard to top, Ralph, but I'm going to give you a shot. It will be. The first one would be we as coaches, directors should be open to new ideas. And we as coaches and directors should be confident to share ideas. Boom, goes the dynamite. We're going to take a break. We're <laughs> off and rolling, talking about the ECNL Coaches Symposium that'll take place next week in Las Vegas. We're with the ECNL Girls Commissioner, Ralph Richards, and the ECNL Boys Commissioner, Jason Cutney. More Ralph, more Jason after these messages. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the national championship winning ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Coaches of the Year and the ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Goals of the Year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. 
Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where we're so pleased to be joined by Ralph Richards, the ECNL Girls Commissioner, and Jason Cutney, the ECNL Boys Commissioner. We're talking about next week's ECNL Coaching Symposium taking place February 7th and 8th in Las Vegas. And I wanted to give you guys a chance to talk a little bit about some of the speakers. Perhaps you don't know everything about them, but we'll start with some of the big draws. I mean, they're all big draws, in my opinion. The names are incredible. Luke Hobbs, the Arsenal Head of Academy Coaching, and and Carrie Bowley, former Rangers FC first team coach and city football group head of coaching support. Can you two gentlemen talk about those two? I'll start with Luke. I think for me personally, it's very interesting. Luke has worked in that U9 to U12 age group for years at a very high level. To me, that's what's very interesting. I also coach in those age ranges. I have for many years now, I'm coaching one of my, my oldest daughters in that age range now at the very young end of it. But it's very interesting to me to learn how to address high-level soccer concepts with young players, right? Because they don't have an understanding of the nuances of the game. They don't necessarily have the glossary of terms that we all just know from being around the game forever. So coaching at that level is very humbling experience. It's certainly one that makes you think in a different way. And so I'm very interested to hear his takeaways from doing so at a, at a high-level academy. Obviously, it's not always going to translate, but a lot of what he will bring to the table is stuff that I can bring back and pragmatically use in my own life. And so I think, you know, selfishly, a key part of my day is going to be built around what he presents and how he does so and trying to find some time on the side with him. Yeah, Jason, just to add on a little bit there from, from Luke and obviously his experience working in the Arsenal Academy for so many years, 12 plus years, I believe now, and his relationships with Murder Sacker and so many other people, it's it's exciting for me to know that he's going to be in the room. He's going to be talking about those development pathways between what a game looks like at, say, the U16 and older, and then how do you translate that and how do you transcribe that back to the little details that you want to take out of certain aspects to then that U14, U12 period, and then even younger down into the U9 and 12s. And the fact that he is doing that at one of the greatest academies and one of the hottest teams in the world right now. It's it's incredible. So I'm I'm eager, as much as I'm not an Arsenal fan, I'm eager to learn from this guy. And Jason, how about a comment on Kerry Bowley, please? Well, look, as as everyone knows that we recently announced bringing Kerry on board with the ECNL is, is a huge step for us as a league in terms of leading that methodology side, which oftentimes I think a lot of times in the, when you work in a soccer club and you have the directors of coaching and the executive directors, what you don't oftentimes have is a director of methodology, right? And so how you develop and implement a methodology across a full club, whether that stretches from the young ones all the way to the oldest ages, whether that's even pro, those are things that will force the club directors in the room to think about and to take back. But I believe the takeaway really is going to be how we build something with Kerry going forward from the ECNL's perspective and how we help implement those things within clubs or at least give them the, the guide rails that they can take these back to their clubs and build within. So I'm very excited. When Kerry first joined us a couple of years ago for the AGM and symposium, it was certainly an eye-opening experience for me just to hear from someone that's done it at such a high level at City Football Group. So for me, very interested, you know, the, the, he's, he's very sharp in the sports psych world and that sports science world. So taking those to our clubs, but then showing the initial steps and the initial layers and how a club can build out methodology and truly implement that 
within their own clubs is going to be really intriguing as we go forward. We were lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to have U.S. Soccer's Director of Coaching Education, Didier Chambaron, on the podcast, and he was kind enough to talk about his excitement to be in Las Vegas. So I don't think we need to dive into him. He was so great on the podcast. But another unique speaker, and I feel like your group and Christian Labors is a key part of this, always brings somebody in that not necessarily eats, breathes, and sleeps soccer, but brings a different perspective and that's ryan hawk who is the host of the learning leaders show called the most dynamic podcast around by forbes magazine and one of the five podcasts to make you smarter by inc magazine ryan hawk is actually the brother of aj hawk who was a big time ohio state buckeye go bucks by the way jason cutney but i don't know do you guys know much about ryan hawk because christian labors is pretty fired up about having him there Certainly aware of the podcast. Admittedly, I, I'm still struggling for time in my life to listen to any podcast other than ECL breaking the line, of course, team. <laughs> um, but for me personally, just having done the background search, I'm just pumped. You know what I mean? You, you hit the nail on the head before when you say that we've done a good job of bringing in a few different thought leaders that are outside the scope of soccer. You know, I thought Cody Gandhi last year from Echelon Front was one of those individuals for me personally that brought a level of thinking and, and leadership that was just unique, right? Someone that takes it from the battlefield into the soccer sphere is very interesting. I look at this in the same way. And, you know, leadership is one of those things that it takes time to culture into yourself and culture into the groups that you attempt to lead. But I'm just interested to listen and learn. And that unique thought process outside of soccer is very refreshing when you go to a coaching symposium like this. Anytime we can bring in such an incredible asset to the league to talk about leadership. And ultimately that's what it's going to be about who he's spoken with and worked with and talked to and learned from and listened to his knowledge and experience is just uncanny. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm pumped as, as Jason said, to, to be in that room and to, to listen to what he has to say. And I think that one's going to be a hot watch for sure. I think the room is going to be packed on that one. Yeah, I agree. I plan to be in there as well. And then, you know, one of the things that we're definitely seeing is powerful women stepping up and the list of women that are going to be speakers just blows my mind. I want to start with a woman that I interviewed several years ago when she became a member of the 30 under 30 class as an assistant at Stanford. Back then I was blown away. And my mom and dad has always told me that good things happen to good people. And Marguerite Awazasa is a very good person who did amazing work in her first season as the head coach at UCLA, pretty much wire to wire national champs. And I actually think she's overextending herself, but she tells me I'm here to help others. And she shows that every day. It's incredible that you guys got Marguerite Alazasa there as well. Ralph, I'll start with you on Marguerite. First of all, what an incredible job that she has done in such a short time and winning that national title. I mean, how amazing, obviously recently at the youth level done it, but that is such an achievement for a young coach going into what a high profile job that is. So hats off to her, hats off to the entire staff and the actual UCLA organization, team, girls, everyone involved. So great job there. But no, love that she's willing to come in and be a part of a very strong and experienced female panel. I'm very excited to listen to this panel to see what they have to say. I mean, ultimately, the, the goal here is supporting women in coaching and attracting and keeping women in the club game as one, have them be leaders in the sport, and also to give 
I think, a perspective on how we as club directors and clubs themselves can support females in the game. So I'm excited to be listening in on that panel. And I'm so happy that Marguerite is going to be one of the uh, the panel speakers. And then Jason, I like the message that Meg Nemzer can share. She had great success at PDA. She had amazing success as a player and then a coach, then the associate head coach at Rutgers. She had so many universities trying to get her to join, but she's from Maryland. That was the job for her. And I think her message to particularly assistant coaches out there as well about putting in the work and then your time will come is really important. Meg's a perfect example of that. Meg's just awesome. I mean, I've known Meg for a long time. She was recruiting players from my club years ago, and I got to know her on that recruiting trail. And you know, obviously Mike O'Neill and the whole the Lubosch and everyone at Rutgers was just a really tight-knit family. And I think the thing about Meg that always stood out to me when I first met her, it was like I knew her for years. She was just that type of personality. And you can see how the players responded to that as well. So every player that she ever recruited from the club that I was with loved her. You know, and that was a key draw to Rutgers. So when she had the opportunity, I think, to lead a program and go back to Maryland and you know, obviously her, her husband's there as well. It's just a great fit. She's a very, very good person who is coached at a very high level and played at a high level as well. So having her come out, I think what will be will be cool is just to hear her insights of making that transition from the assistant position at a very high-end school to now leading a, a big-time program and trying you know, really to bring that program to a, a new level. Right? It hasn't been at that level for a few years, and now they're, they're trying to work it back up there. But you know, generally speaking, when you look at the women that have done so well and that we have brought in, you know, even even brings you to like someone like Julianne Stitch over at University of Chicago this year, who steps into a job on the men's side, wins the national championship as well. And, you know, I think there's just a, a lot of success stories here that we can think about as we go through and hear from these different speakers that will be on site with us. But yeah, I mean, Marguerite and Meg, two absolute winners. And, you know, you add Tiffany and the others to that list as well, because to hear their insight, to hear their perspective, they're winners, right? And so anytime you can hear from winners, you'll take away something and learn from it. And that's what I'm excited about. I'm glad you mentioned Tiffany, because Ralph, I want to come back to you. Obviously, when people see Tiffany Roberts, there's a good chance they'll think about, you know, the holding midfielder on the 99 team, the one that won national championships at UNC, won a championship with the WSA's Carolina Courage, doing a great job with UCF. But this is a different Tiffany Roberts, who also has an amazing resume, particularly as it relates to the ECNL and even the U.S. Youth National national team at the U17 level. Yeah, I mean, Tiffany's a, a wonderful young lady and a wonderful person. Lots of respect for her, obviously, in the coaching back in her youthful years and now as a director at Utah Royals, doing tremendously well there as a young director. Obviously, a part of our board on the girls' side, very insightful, brings some great perspectives to the game and to the ECNL girls at the board level. Also loving to see what she does and what she brings to the uh, the conversation here in uh, Las Vegas. Well said, Ralph. You know, we've had Dr. Drew Watson on several times, so everybody knows his story, and he's always very enlightening. Can't wait to hear him speak. We just recently had Ronnie Woodard on the ECNL podcast, Breaking the Line, as well. The last speaker that I wanted to touch on, because I think she'll also bring a unique perspective, is Dr. Missy Price. I got to know her when she was the president of United Soccer Coaches. Here's somebody who poured her heart and soul into coaching, but now is in in administration, your thoughts, both of you on Dr. Missy Price. I'm interested to hear her perspective just about soccer in general and what she sees as being the trends for young female players coming up through the game. Certainly excited for the growth of the women's game 
and having those different areas and platforms that the girls can now drive and succeed to go into. A lot of girls are looking for options overseas. You can see that now coming out of college. And some girls are actually looking at it even before they go to college. So the options are getting closer to, not to the boys level by any means, but certainly giving that stepping stone forward for an extended career in the game. All right, as we say goodbye to two of my favorite people, Ralph Richards, the ECNL Girls Commissioner, Jason Cutney, the ECNL Boys Commissioner. Coming up next, we'll have Blaine Fink, the ECNL Events Manager. I've been around long enough, uh, particularly as somebody who started in the SID world, to know that you can't pull off things without great events people, without great SID people. Ralph, we'll start with you. I mean, Blaine Fink is a, a rock star among many rock stars that really do all the work to make sure everything looks pretty and goes really smoothly. Is she on? Do I have to speak truthfully? <laughs> I think she might be hearing you. Uh, Blaine, are you on? Come on. Are you really on? <laughs> Watch what you say, Ralph. Uh, <laughs> I think Blaine knows exactly how I feel about her. I think she is she is one of the cornerstones to this league. I mean, what she does behind the scenes, both on the boys and the girls' side, is incredible. I don't know how she does it, quite frankly. I really don't. But, Blaine, I would say this with you on or with you not on. You're a gem. We love having you in the league and continue to be the rock star for us. Dean, hold on. Blaine sent me something to read on about <laughs> one second to open this up no but look ralph hit the nail on the head i the league has grown exponentially over the last three and a half years at least since i've been here and god you know to see what it's come from since 2009 to, to what it is today is because of people like blaine you have people that work within the league you know i look at jen and i look at Kristen as people that have been anchors within this league for a long time and the league is never gonna reach the goals that it has for itself without people like that kind of pushing and propelling all the time. So, you know, Blaine deserves all the credit that she gets and, and the credit that she certainly needs to get from all the clubs, because when you go to a national camp for ECNL, when you go to a national selection game, when you show up at an event and you see everything so buttoned up, and those are the comments that we continue to hear over and over and over again, how every little detail is taken care of. That's because of people like Blaine. So she deserves that credit. I don't know how she does it on the girls' side because it's such a mess, whereas the boys' side is such a well-oiled machine, right, Ralph? Is that, is that, is that how it's true? No, but yeah, sailing, it's, Jason, smooth sailing. It's great to it's great to have uh to Blaine. You know, just she deserves the credit. She doesn't get enough of it, but uh we're certainly indebted to her. And she is hanging out in the, quote, green room, and she is coming up next. You already heard her voice, and you can tell that uh, everybody at the ECNL truly loves each other because you only kid with the people you love. I certainly have enjoyed this time and can't wait to see you guys in Las Vegas. And I'm not going to lie, as excited as I am to see both of you, I'm probably even more excited to see Blaine Fink, no offense, and we'll have Blaine Fink around the corner. It's Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you, Mr. Cutney. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Richards. Thank you, Dean. Lane Fink, coming up next on The Bounce. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. 
the only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where we are previewing next week ECNL Coaches Symposium in Las Vegas. As you just heard, Ralph Richard, the ECNL Girls Commissioner, Jason Cutney, the ECNL Boys Commissioner, break it down and then also segue into the fact that we're going to meet Blaine Fink now, the ECNL Events Manager. And clearly, Blaine, they love you. Everybody loves you. Uh, it's obviously hard work, but a lot goes into pulling off these events. Can you kind of break down what it takes to pull off an event? like this the ecnl coaching symposium let alone all of the other events that you're doing year round it seems like every day of the year yeah i mean it, you almost kind of have to compartmentalize it and make it its own little thing and you're kind of doing little things for it and then you're okay i'm gonna step away and do oh we have an event next week i'm gonna take care of that kind of stuff so it's an event within events that are already happening it's a lot longer process than people probably realize because you first have to find a venue and I think I submitted, I don't know how many RFPs to every city all over the continental U.S. just to see like what are our options, where is a, a feasible location for us to go. And as we continue to grow with our membership and the number of people who want to come, there's also space constraints and time constraints. And you might notice it's in the middle of the week, which is now how we're trying to cater to people who have weekend conference games. So there's a lot of little things that go into it and thoughts and processes it's a lot of moving pieces, but it's ultimately also a lot of people coming together to kind of help out. We've had a lot of assistance from member services. Jen and I, we touch base regularly on it. So it starts a long time ago in terms of reaching out to hotels. And then once we get down to where we're going to go, it's just kind of finalizing presenters and things of all that nature. Tying into my first question, talking about the fact that Jason and Ralph were having fun with you, I got to believe, even though it's such hard work, when you are working with people you like, it makes it less hard. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think when you have personal connections with anyone, you don't want to see something fail on their behalf, I guess is probably the best way to put it. If it's something that they're directly in charge of, say you're going to an event and someone is an event lead, I'm going to make sure that this runs smoothly because your name is kind of ultimately tied to it. Obviously, the league as itself as a whole is, is tied to all of these things, but we know internally who the direct contact is or the main point person is for everything. So when you have those personal relationships or you have commissioners who you can call up and say, hey, I, I need help with this, and they're going to answer, it makes it a lot easier to go, I I'm okay having a sleepless night if it means this goes off without a hitch. So those personal relationships are ultimately how we get through, I think, all of these events, because there are a lot of them and they're long days, but we all really like each other and want things to be successful because of each other. Before we hear the Blaine Fink story, and I'm looking forward to hear it, we just broke down all of the speakers with Ralph and Jason. Is there one part of this year's ECNL coaching symposium that you're most looking forward to, Blaine? I think the panel discussion, obviously with the women's coaches, I think that's going to be really unique. I know that's probably, as a female, that seems obviously like an obvious answer. But I think that the group that we have put together for that panel is 
really diverse and I'm really looking forward to just hearing from all of them and their own experiences and kind of how did we all get onto this stage together is ultimately unique to me and with recent success with Marguerite and then just people who are within the league like Tiffany and and Ronnie it's just it'll be unique to hear from all of them and kind of all right well we're here together but how do we get to this point I think that'll be interesting to listen to the thing I love about that is they are powerful women but they're also really good people and as I said to Jason or Ralph like you know you think about Marguerite good things happen to good people and pretty much from wire to wire she was the national champion in her first year which is awesome and then all of the other members that you said as well are outstanding all right so I'm going to do this a different way first off I want to know how long you've been with the ECNL and then we're going to go back to the early days, but how long have you been with the ECNL? Has your role changed at all within the ECNL during that time? Yeah. So I started in November of 2019. So I guess three years and two months ish is kind of where we're sitting at. Has my role changed? Yeah. I started right before COVID. So I don't think until this last season, did I actually experience my job from start of the season to the end of the season, because I kind of got thrown into whatever, wherever there was a hole, I kind of filled it because programming kind of got put on pause during COVID. So I started off as the coordinator for selection programming. And then I think I just became a Swiss army knife for about a year and a half there. And then at the start of the 2021, 22 season, I was able to kind of jump back into my actual role and focus specifically on the programming, but that has even changed. We've added the boys side. We've now this year added the regional league selection game. So I've kind of taken on a lot and I feel like I've done a lot, but my main job through those three years has been all of the programming for both the boys and the girls. So I have to admit, one of the things I love about you is you are an excellent hype woman for me, particularly when I'm doing a Virginia Tech game. You're always so kind about what you say when I do it. So I want to thank you for that because everybody needs somebody in their corner. And I feel like you're always great when I do call a Virginia Tech game. But I want to hear your story. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? How long did you play soccer? Did you play soccer in college? And then what you did before you got to the ECNL? Take it away. Yeah, so I actually grew up in Richmond, Virginia, which is where the ECNL is based out of. Went to Cosby High School and then, as you just mentioned, went to Virginia Tech to play soccer. And honestly, it worked out because I don't know if I would have gone to any other school. I was lucky enough to be able to do both, but I'm a Hokie until I die. I think that's probably one thing most people know about me is that if you slice me open, it's going to pour out maroon and orange. So, you know, I was really fortunate that I had the opportunity to to play there. I mean, you can define play differently, but I was on the team at Virginia Tech, which was great. It was an experience that it made me a better person. I met my best friends there and I still get to see all of the coaches at all of our events. So it's kind of a full circle moment. When I left Virginia Tech, I actually didn't leave. I just went to grad school at Virginia Tech and got my master's in communication and truly stepped away from soccer and from sports. I knew that I needed to do something different. I loved it, but when it is your entire life and you've played soccer since you were four, it's kind of like, okay, I I need to find out who I am outside of this sport and outside of sports in general. So I actually taught public speaking to undergraduate students when I was in grad school, and that's how I got grad school paid for. And those were the best two years of my life in terms of my personal growth. If you put yourself into a classroom with 18 to 22 year olds and you have to teach them, and it's a course like public speaking where people are petrified, most everyone in your class is terrified to do it. It teaches you a lot about the different kind of people and and where people come from and not everyone operates the same way as you. So in terms of my personal growth, those were the best two years and the best thing that could have happened to me in that that time of my life. But as I finished uh, grad school, I knew my heart was in sports and I wanted to get back into whether it was soccer or something else, I needed to get back into the sports world. I was not going to be a teacher. I was not going to do any of that kind of stuff. And so I took the summer, I actually traveled to Australia. Pretty much my timeline was based on when my student loan started and 
was kind of like, okay, November is probably when I need to figure some things out. And so I was looking for jobs and stumbled on an opening with the ECNL and they were located in Glen Allen, which is just on the other side of town from where I grew up. And it's like, okay, I can live at home and save some money, pay off student loans and I can travel and work in a sport that I'm really familiar with. And it kind of was just a, let's do this for now. And here, three years later, I still live at home, but <laughs> that's kind of how I got here. Well, and to be fair, obviously this show is talking about the coaching symposium, but I had the great honor of being at a regional select event and then the national event and then calling the select games. And man, it was so cool for me because having been a broadcaster for almost 30 years, because I'm kind of an old fat guy, Blaine, but it was amazing to see legacy coaches and coaches coming up, coaches that were 30 under 30 members. And to be in the middle of it all, I was moved by it. I know how hard you work at those events, but are you able to enjoy it the way I just described it? Because I was clearly moved by it, or is it hard to enjoy it because the, the work is so hard? It's kind of weird to say, but I think when the game starts, I almost kind of disassociate from it and not in a bad way, not like a thank God this is over way, but almost similar to you, like, okay, this is someone else's product to consume now. Like it's taken the last few weeks of my time. And it's obviously when it's boys and girls and now with the regional league, it's my day-to-day is doing this. So when the game kicks off, I'm like, okay, I've done my job up to this point. Now it's like coaches can consume this and the fans and their their teammates and their parents. And it means a lot to me, but I I almost kind of detach for an hour and a half and just kind of go, okay, I did my job up to this point. If they need me, they'll call me, but I don't necessarily watch it, but I don't think that that means I don't care about it or I'm not interested in it. It's just kind of a I don't know. It's almost like, all right, um, I've done what I needed to do. And I let other people kind of enjoy it because I'm I'm in it every day. So it's, you know, I see the people I know when people are 15 minutes early to check in because they're all amped up. So like I, I get the energy from it, but I, I like to just kind of, OK, I've done my job. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody's got to find that Zen part as well. And that's how you've been able to do it. So I totally respect that. All right. I want to rapid fire with Blaine Fink because I find you fascinating Blaine so I'm going to start with asking you your favorite memory as a soccer player youth or college the greatest Blaine Fink memory as a soccer player there's a lot I think that that says a lot that's good my freshman year of college we went to the final four and I think that that's a a really I mean to do it in Cary North Carolina is pretty unique we lost in the final four it was probably one of the best games to watch it was really enjoyable we lost to Florida State but to kind of look across and just see all these people that played other sports at tech that were friends of your teammates. The stands were completely filled to kind of look across me. Like, this is women's soccer and people are consuming it and they're, they're freaking loving it. And this is a great game too. You know, you, you lose and you're kind of bummed out, but even watching the game back, like it was start to finish, it was electric. So I think that just obviously going to that, but the little things, you know, you have the, the banquet before, and then just kind of walking on the field and seeing that college cup logo in the middle of uh, wake med park is, is really unique. And just kind of looking across and seeing tech fans that you're like, don't you play baseball? Like, what are you doing here? And it's like, yeah. Oh, they want to consume this. And this is awesome for them. So I think that that was, that was super awesome. And then, I mean, in high school, you win a state championship. That's pretty awesome too. So I don't nice. know. Where that, I don't think that ranks to the, the final four, but I, I don't know. I mean, a state championship, I think high school camaraderie. I mean, I think there's yeah. definitely a story to be told there. That's why I find you fascinating. All right. Your favorite women's soccer player it can be us it can be international it can be when you were younger it can be now i mean you're still young but who is blaine fink's favorite women's soccer player 
That's a good question. Um, I think growing up, it was Hope Solo, and I, I'm not going to get into any of the things that have happened since she was playing, but mm -hmm. I was a goalkeeper, so I, I kind of respected the way that she thought she was the best, and she went out there and acted like it. So um, I was really intrigued by the way that she carried herself, and I, I truly think she's one of the greatest you know, goalkeepers and probably goalkeepers of all time. Now, I think that I'm just really intrigued with this U.S. team now and this kind of what I think is a transition phase. I'm really interested to see these young players kind of the phasing out of maybe the old guard and the new guard. And I think that the the delay of the Olympics kind of added an element to this team and kind of the way that the, the roster has been made up. But seeing like folks like Christy Mewis who are coming back into the fold a little bit later, getting to play with their sister, Sam Mewis, I think that's awesome. Players like Sofia Huerta, who wasn't really in the, in the pool. And now she's kind of a, you know, back line. She's a stalwart there. So I think it's this group as a whole, I'm really intrigued to see them kind of come together. I know that doesn't answer your question because I know that's not one person, but I just think that this U.S. group specifically, I'm interested to see and tuned into how they manage this upcoming World Cup and just the group that they're going to put together. Actually, I like the way you answered the question because you answered it like an analyst. And I love working with astute analysts. And I've told you before, and I'll say it again, I want to call a game with you sometime, Blaine. I doubt that's on your you know, 100 bucket list to call a game with me. But if I could somehow sneak it into the top 100 and we can make that happen, I would be honored, okay? You doubt me, Dean. You doubt me. You don't know what's on my list. <laughs> I'll make time for you. All right. Blaine Fink, the ECNL events manager. You'll see her next week at the ECNL Coaches Symposium. She does an amazing job, really doesn't seek the limelight, deserves the limelight. She gets it today, and I can't wait to see you next week in Las Vegas, Blaine. Looking forward to it. Thanks for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Blaine. Also want to thank Jason Cutney and Ralph Richards. Always appreciate Christian Lavers, Jen Winnego, Doug Bracken, Andrea Wheeler, the entire crew at the ECNL. Just an amazing staff. I want to thank my producer, Colin Thrash. And of course, I want to thank all of you, the great members, players, coaches, staff, administrators, family of the ECNL. For all of them and each of you, I'm Dean Linky. I'll see you in Vegas and we'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.